Just coming up 25 minutes away from 2 o'clock. We're staring down the barrel, aren't we? Of what's likely to be a very long, hot, dry summer. Extreme heat waves are part of South Australia's uh, summer, of course. We've been talking a fair bit recently about the risk of bushfires, but that's not the only threat that uh, our uh, relentless heat can bring. Hot weather can be a real threat, particularly to the vulnerable. So discuss what can we can do ahead of it uh, the, the summer. We've got some special guests in the studio. Catherine Hawkins is uh, with the Department uh, of Human Services. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for coming in. John Nan from the Bureau uh, of Meteorology, uh, State Manager. How are you, John? Very good, thank you, Alan. You've brought a nice day in with you too, mate. Uh, congratulations. I yeah. take credit for good weather. Yes, get, get an elephant stamp for that. And also Jai uh, O'Toole, Acting Director of the Red Cross in South Australia. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming in. Look, firstly, as I said... Um, Stinking hot summers and extreme heat waves are just part of the South Australian uh, psyche when it comes to summer. How's this one looking, though, John? Uh, it, it does look fairly interesting. Um, the outlooks that we've been releasing suggest that uh, extended periods of heat waves through the middle of Australia and uh, possibly not enormously long ones, but certainly very intense, uh, uh, are quite possible this summer for mm. us. Mm. Yeah. What do we what do we officially classify a heat wave? Is it, is it over 40 or 38 or...? No, that's an old uh, definition. It's, it's quite a statistical definition that's been uh, developed now. Uh, until recently, the only place in Australia that had a definition was Adelaide, and that's where that number system came from. So we had, was it uh, five days over 35... Or three days at 40. Right. But as it would turn out, the research has demonstrated that the minimum temperature is much more important. Um, an elevated minimum means you're going to get to the maximum sooner in the day and uh -huh. it will last longer, so you're exposed to the heat longer and it means you store the heat progressively and uh, you find it very hard to discharge the heat and they're very bad heat waves once the minimum temperature gets very high. That's very logical, isn't it? It Very is, logical. but it yeah, takes just a little while to think it through yeah, and actually it does. start yeah. applying it. Yeah. So we've, we now use the daily temperature, which is the average of the maximum and minimum, mm. over three days. Right. And, and the definition, effectively, to, to not bore you with a lot of stats, is it's unusually hot for, this lo for, for that location. That's, okay. that's the heat wave definition, over three days. Over three days, for any given location? Every location. Okay. The benefit that we've got here is that the Bureau of Meteorology has developed uh, a gridded uh, climatology. So we have climate data for every five-kilometre grid across Australia. So every location has its own heat wave definition mm -hmm. by it being unusually hot for that location. So what uh, can, can you, you... want some stats? Yeah, can, can you give me, give me an example? Uh, OK, you, you, right, your well, weather every, station in West Terrace, so, for example. So the, 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 the trouble is it's going to be slightly different even yeah. at that location according to... Because I've got two ingredients that go into the heat wave definition. One is those three days compared to a climate reference period, 30 years, oh. and we take the 95th percentile, i.e. the top 5% of those temperatures. If you cross over that with those three days, you're in a heat wave. But then we combined it with the last three, those same three days against the past 30 days, and we say, is that a, a tick up? You know, is it unusually hot in terms of how you've jumped up in heat? Mm -hmm. So if it ticks up 10 degrees over compared to the last 30 days, you're really under some stress. Yes, OK. Mm. And what we did was, it's called the excess heat factor, we multiply the two together to get the heat wave intensity. Mm. So if I vary that uh, 
past 30 day algorithm uh, it can change the number mm. but mm. But I can get there through having two different numbers come together. I can get the same intensity. Okay. And yeah. you'll be able to forecast? Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the strength of the system because, um, and this is shown um, both nationally and internationally, the best forecast variable that any national Met service can provide is the temperatures. So we're, we're, we're rock solid on those. We're not about to. Mm. And particularly when you average it over three days, it's a great quantity to work with. Yeah. Given that uh, we've had a very, very dry winter, um, yeah. you know, the, the cockies are out there. They're really struggling. Mm. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for them, is there? Look, it, it does make it... Uh, there's, there's very good evidence that more intense heat waves occur during drought. Yeah. Um, the problem you've got, and particularly when I, I'm not even thinking about our local dryness, I'm thinking about Queensland and New South Wales, and we yeah. all know how bad yeah. that is. Uh, so the and even with the showers and everything else they're getting right now, uh, it's mostly moistening just the top part of the soil, so that'll dry out quite quickly mm. in mm. summer. Um, when you lose soil moisture, you've lost the capacity to evaporatively cool the soils. Mm. So once that's gone, you just make hotter soils, which makes hotter air. Mm. And where in the path, the trajectory that builds our heat waves comes out of Queensland and New South Wales and crosses down through southeast Australia. And hence, that's why this summer is a bit of a risk for more intense heat waves. Fortunately, the climatology would suggest that the heat waves should not be terribly long, but um, it does mean the excursions can be sudden and very high. Right, OK. Oh, one, one of the, the, the... It still puts a chill down my spine. It was only several weeks ago we were having a, a hell of a uh, hiding here in town mm. uh, with strong winds and lots of rain. At the same time, while we were talking about that on air, up in the uh, the Murraylands or over in the Mallee, they were having a dust storm. Correct, yeah. You know, um, so the topsoil was disappearing as the cockies stood there and watched, and yes. we were being drenched. Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the lovely things I'd like to share with uh, listeners is that uh, the driver of uh, wind strength is temperature uh, gradient. So, you know, that cold pool that came over mm -hmm. us, and mm -hmm. we're now in spring and we get hot interiors. So we had cold air brought up for, from the Antarctic and the hot continent. So that meeting of those two bodies... Mm -hmm means you get stronger winds. Right, okay. So mm. it drives the wind strength. Mm. And mm. Hence, the end of a heat wave is often a bit of a troublesome time in summer. Mm. You can get some of your worst winds, and should you get fires going, it can be some of your worst fire conditions. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and we've been talking a lot about, uh, you know, preparing for this fire season, but uh, we need to also drill down to individuals that uh, these heat waves can actually uh, affect. And, uh, Catherine, we can come to you. Uh, you're with the, the Department of uh, Human services we're talking about those who perhaps the elderly is that the core group who are most at risk of these heat waves certainly the uh, elderly and those who are frail housebound um, or perhaps live alone are among the group that would be more vulnerable um, i think at this time we also need to think about the impact on those who may be living with disability mm. experiencing mental illness recovering from illness or accident or have some sort of ongoing illness again if they're perhaps more likely to be alone during extreme heat events and therefore more more vulnerable we've seen in the past haven't we um for a couple of years now or several years probably people particularly elderly people and uh infirm as you say they're not game to put the air conditioner on because they can't afford they're just terrified of getting the bill at the end of the month what do we do about that 
Yes, I think there is certainly a role to play in terms of education to the community about the sorts of things that people can be doing in their home uh, and also for their loved ones, encouraging their loved ones to take certain steps to ensure um, that they are taking care of themselves mm. within extreme heat events. There is actually some good information available on the SA Health website um, in terms of preventing heat-related illness. Um, and I think it relates to the comments John was making about how heat can build up over time. Mm. Um, if you wait to put the air conditioner on for a few days and by then you've got a, a build-up of heat in the environment, um, perhaps if you'd used it uh, a little in the earlier days of a heat event, um, you won't be then struggling so much mm. in a very hot house by day three. Mm. That's a good point. Run it uh, perhaps for shorter periods of time but earlier in the heat wave. That's right. Rather than waiting to day three and then turning it on and running it flat out. And I would yeah. encourage listeners to have a look on that website and find some more information about how they can take care of themselves in their homes so that they are not waiting, like I said, till day three, day four, mm. Um, mm. and perhaps in a very, very hot house by that point. This is one, one thing for, for all of you. I'll throw this out to all of you. I mean, it's a little bit out of left field. One of my pet hates is the modern home design in uh, South Australia. You know, our, our, our early homes had verandas for, for a reason and ease for a reason. Look at all the new houses we're building. You know, they, they're going to turn into ovens, aren't they? Or rely on uh, the air conditioning. Yeah, classically they are built uh, with these very high energy star ratings and the star ratings are about conserving heat for winter. Mm. Um, so they're actually often star ratings that come out of Europe <laughs> um, and they are dependent upon uh, security of energy mm. to actually be able mm. to supply that air conditioning to protect them um, and the lessons that we take from Europe are that uh, um, dwellings that store heat become really interesting places to try and survive heat waves people don't realise how many people died in Europe in 2003 and 2010 and 2015. Um, they've had a lot of uh, big heat waves there. 2003, 70,000 people were excess deaths were estimated across Western Europe. Uh, 2010, 56,000 people across Russia. And 2015, it was Central Europe, um, around Hungary and the like. I don't have numbers, but, the, but they had massive problems there at that mm. time. Mm. So heat waves are a killer. <laughs> They're often um, what's termed the silent killer and they're very, very poorly understood. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about the the, uh, the heat wave which uh, will arrive. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, a bit like the bushfires uh, potentially. Um, if you've got any questions or any comments, give us a call, 8223 0000. McGain Real Estate, rock. And they'll make your home rock, literally. McGain has their own style warehouse here in SA. The latest soft and hard furnishings from around the world, actually over an acre's worth. They'll dress your home and, like I said, make it rock. And there's no upfront payment for this amazing service. Just another reason why you see more and more signs popping up saying, Sold by McGain, again. Dear Baker Young Stockbrokers, just to let you know, I am stoked. Before you, my investments were silent, set, forgotten, till you came along. Yes, actions do speak louder than anything else. Get an individual stockbroker working for you and your wealth immediately. Call Baker Young Stockbrokers. BakerYoung.com.au 
Now, if you see someone walking out of yet another furniture shop looking confused, well, guess what? They haven't been to That's Furniture and Bedding because if they went to That's Furniture and Bedding, they'll find the lounge and the bed that they've been looking for at way below the price of other furniture stores. You'll get fast, free delivery, plus you'll also get your old mattress taken away and you'll receive free pillows. Now, that is service. That's Furniture. Well, they're not uh, on. If they're not on your radar for your furniture radar, well, that's completely crazy. I'm actually sitting on a new chair in the studio right now from That's Furniture, and it's very, very comfy indeed. The furniture, That's Furniture, partner with South Australian Made and Aussie Supplies. So, purchasing something there that means there's one more job for a local. That's Furniture and Bedding. You'll find them at Gawler and Marion. T's and C's on delivery at That'sFurniture.com. Ken Hall Plumbers is about family. The family values we live and work by are the basis of our business. Respect, honesty and reliability. With Ken Hall Plumbers, you're part of our family too. Give Ken a call. 8364 5855. The wife loves Stanford mowers and so do I. I mean, you can't go wrong with their great range of power... Hun? ...tools. Hun, why haven't you... I'm talking Stanford's range of battery-powered garden tools. They have the equivalent power of petrol now, so... I really appreciate it. Yep, they have the output for the biggest jobs. The range of battery-powered garden tools at Stanford Mowers will blow you away. 590 Main North Road, Jeff's Cross. Stanfordmowers.com.au Hello everyone, Travel Associates announces Princess Cruises Flavours of the World Sale. So if you have an appetite for cruising, this is absolutely for you. Cruise around Australia, New Zealand, the Trans-Pacific or the world and save. On selected cruises, you can receive up to $500 wine and dine spending money. And if you've sailed with Princess before, ask about further bonus inclusions. Call Travel Associates today because when it comes to cruising, our experience counts. Call 13 1771. Lane Beachley for Planet Ark. We're celebrating 15 years of cartridges for Planet Ark. Since the program was born, over 38 million cartridges have been saved from landfill and turned into road surfaces, pens and garden beds. Like other teenagers, Cartridges for Planet Ark continues to grow thanks to you. So keep up the great effort. Drop off your used cartridges at your participating retailer or sign up for a free collection box for your work. Visit cartridges.planetark.org. In Adelaide and across South Australia, this is Alan Hickey. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. 11 minutes away from 2 o'clock, we are having a very, very important conversation ahead of the uh, hot, long, hot summer that we're likely to experience this year. And we're talking about the support for vulnerable people in those extreme heat waves that uh, we are no doubt going to get. We've got Catherine Hawkins with us from the Department of Human Services, John Nan from the Bureau uh, of Meteorology, and also uh, Jai O'Toole, who's the Acting Director of the Red Cross of South Australia. Now, Jai, this is is an area that uh, you, your Red Cross organisation, really plays a very important part in, doesn't it? Uh, Looking after the vulnerable in winter and summer. We're talking about summer. Yeah, that's right. We've got a um, program we've been running since 2009, which has specifically been um, looking at how we as an organisation are responding during times of extreme heat and heat waves. Um, And we've supported um, anywhere over from approximately 1,000 clients up to 5,000 clients a year um, when these events um, do occur. Mm. Now, how does it work? You've got a a program called Telecross Ready, is it? 
That's that right. Yep. Yeah. So it's called Telecross Ready. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a program that's uh, based on phone support. So people pre-register with Red Cross. We also have other agencies and organisations that refer clients into us um, regularly. And essentially, when a heatwave is on its way, um, and we are proactively are looking at the heatwave forecast, which the Bureau of Meteorology are regularly putting out, but when we know that a heatwave is going to hit, we um, try to contact the, our clients and mm-hmm. also their um key contacts that they provide us just to let them know that the heat is coming and start putting things in place to to prepare. And then when um, the heat wave does hit, we start calling clients on a daily basis. Sometimes they might get up to three phone calls a day. Right. And we check on their well-being. Um, we also pro- provide them some sort of practical um, tips on how to keep cool. Um, and then if um, one of our clients uh, isn't feeling well, um, we have a process that we follow where either we get um, uh, one of their emergency contacts to go and check on them, um, or we end up calling, you know, say, an, an ambulance um, mm. out if it's um, severe enough. So, now uh, if I've actually registered uh, for that in the past, do I have to re-register this summer, or am I still on the record? No, so you still be on the record. Um, we have just finished going through, or at very final stages, going through all of our client uh, reviews. So we recontact all of our clients. Uh, we're on the register at the end of last summer, right? Um, we generally go through a bit of an assessment with them to see if their circumstances have changed um, and then if we feel that they need to or you know um, would like to stay on the service they get another welcome pack with information again about how to stay how to stay cool in heat and then um, yeah as soon as the next heat wave hits which no doubt this it'll happen at some point mm-hmm. this summer or probably mm-hmm. multiple times this summer as it does most years um, they'll start getting calls from us um, in the lead up and then as the heat wave hits um, yeah we'll be out there supporting them it's a great initiative and as you said it's been running a couple of years and it has been really really successful hasn't it uh, we've we've done stories on it in the past yeah, yeah yeah so it obviously does um attract a bit of a media attention yeah. just because normally it's uh, stinking hot here in adelaide or around south australia and people are, are struggling with the heat but it's been a really good initiative that um, we've been getting support from um dhs uh, and from government for the last few years to to help fund it and and offset the co- offset the cost so that um clients that are on the service um actually aren't paying a fee to to be on it so it's a free service for people now one of the one of the things that uh, you can also advise them uh, um, is you don't necessarily we we're talking about you know the cost of air conditioning and and people being reluctant to, uh, because of the power bill is going to build up and so forth but you suggested earlier when we were talking um, uh, just uh, keeping certain parts of the house cool you don't have to cool the whole house down that's right. Um, having previously lived in a house that we didn't have cooling, um, our family or air conditioning, um, we used to almost sacrifice areas of our house just to, um, particularly those rooms that are sort of um, either north facing or cop a lot of the sun, just try to close those off. We, mm. we used to always drop our blinds and make sure that, you know, we're keeping as much heat out as possible. Um, but then we, you know, would try to just stay in areas or, or cool areas of the house that we knew um, were more likely to be successful in keeping cool and we'd just generally confine ourselves to those areas areas um, where we could um, and then if the evenings um, do cool down a bit we try to open up and get a bit of breeze through but as Mm. John said um, those nights that don't get below sort of 25 27 degrees it's really hard to get any sort of respite from the heat Um, and you just got to I guess do what you can and there's a whole range of I guess practical things people can do like I mentioned blinds having Mm. those closed Um, if you do need to go out and do shopping go out you know in the early morning um, early hours of the day try to stay out of the heat um, but ultimately, it's those those really hot nights that we we, we really see clients really struggle. Mm. Um, and do you do the calls during the night? No, we don't during the night. Um, 
I guess we have in the past where um, it's been sort of prolonged heat waves and particularly where it's been quite warm nights, we've, we've made some phone calls into the evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, we generally find with those sorts of events, people, even in the morning when we're calling them early, um, we, we typically start a little earlier in the morning if it's been a really hot night, and uh, we do find that you know people in the morning are, um, almost feel a bit uh, daunted by the fact that they haven't got any respite throughout the night and mm. that you know it's going to be another 40-degree day here that day. and um, So people are getting into, I guess, a bit of difficulty with the heat and staying cool quite early in the day so mm. we try to get on top of that as soon as we can right, um, yeah, yeah. and again just reinforce some of the tips that they can do to try to stay cool or try to encourage them to get to a place if they can that is a bit cool and it's got air conditioning. Catherine is there a bit of a pattern as to how many days uh, it does take for, for this to really really take effect? Oh, look, I think John would probably be better off speaking about um, that sort of uh, thing, but I think that's why we're putting it at the three days is, three days, is, the, yeah. is the, mm. the length that we're looking at when we uh, look to activate the right. um, telecross service mm. um, based on the information that usually that's about the length of time where um, it, it really does start having an impact on um, our community. Mm. I guess from our clients' perspective, um, we've really found people that have um, early on drunk plenty of water and actually yeah. done those things early have coped well and sort of managed the impacts of the heat wave for I guess a longer period before they've shown signs of distress. Those people that sort of haven't followed some of that advice or weren't sort of aware of the advice are the ones that have sort of we've found started to struggle quite early on. Um, and again, it's it's sort of come back to that intensity and particularly those first night, those early nighttime temperatures that we found has probably mm. had the biggest mm. effect on that. So the other message I, I guess we should put out, to Catherine, would be look after your neighbours, look after Nana and Pa or Auntie and Uncle that live down the road. Don't just leave it to the Red Cross take responsibility for our own neighbourhood, yeah, and family. Absolutely. Uh, we certainly would encourage um, any carers or friends, relatives, neighbours of those who might be recognised to be heat-vulnerable individuals, including those groups we mentioned earlier, um, to either encourage those people to register for mm. this service and, like you say, keep an eye out on your neighbours. Mm. Just go and knock on the door and check they're OK. All right, so I've got a neighbour and I'm going to go and talk to them. Uh, how do they actually sign up if they haven't already? Huh? Yep, so there's a couple of ways. So um, they can either call Red Cross directly on 1800 188 um, and that'll get them through to the Telecross Ready team where they can um, work with either the person registering or their family or friend who is trying to register. So it was 1800 188 071. 071, okay. Um, alternatively, we have an email address that people can call, which is uh, Telecross Ready, which is T E L E um, C R O S R E D I, at redcross.org.au. And they can register their interest um, via that email address, and we'll then get get back in contact with them. Okay, so if uh, anyone's missed uh, those addresses or numbers, give us a call, and uh, we'll also put them up on our web web uh, site today. But you know, if you know someone who is in this situation, then perhaps uh, you know contact uh, those the, that number and uh, put them on the on the register on their behalf. I think Absolutely, that's right, you know, Alan. Yeah. And I think it's important that people know that uh, this is a service that is designed specifically to support those mm. heat-vulnerable individuals. Mm. And it can also give families and loved ones some peace of mind um, that, that, that 
uh, that that service is available and will get enacted mm. at that time. Cast your mind back. I mean, I don't remember it. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in Adelaide. But uh, is it true that uh, during these heat waves in the olden days, in inverted commas, kids and families used to go and sleep on the banks of the Torrens River? I've been told that they used to sleep, and police used to patrol the banks of the Torrens to keep the kids safe. Yeah, look, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I've certainly read enough uh, research about how the Indian population copes and they go out into their fields mm. uh, during those big heatwaves rather than stay in the hot structures. Mm. The big problem you've got is um, that'll work uh, very well for most heatwaves, but in the very, very extreme heatwaves, um, it might be a problem because, mm. for instance, the 2009 heatwave, the minimum was about 33 degrees overnight. So, in other words, it was That's probably hot. up close to 40, mm. That's 35, hot, you know, up in the high 30s most of the night. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Look, the I think the thing that should be I'd like to draw people's attention to is that South Australia is actually probably the most progressive state in terms of having solutions for heat waves. Um, there's good research that's demonstrated that 2009 we, we basically wandered into with our eyes closed. We had no idea what was hitting us and and we had terrible results. Mm. It's probably in the order of about 150 excess deaths. Um, the, the coroner's office was, they had to get an extra free yes. for the bodies, mm. unfortunately. Mm. But, um, and, and that's not even talking about the people who have been damaged and don't die. Mm. By comparison in 2014, same intensity of heat wave and the morbidity was way down. Uh, mortality was still there, but but not not quite as high. So, um, and the telecost ready, uh, all the other uh, responses, whole government approach to actually tackling the problem, had been implemented by that stage, and so you saw a radically different outcome. So it did make a difference. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that number again for Telecross Ready is one eight hundred one double eight zero seven one, or uh, the email is uh, telecrossready at redcross.org.au. Um, register now if you're if that's you or uh, you've got someone in your street or your family, um, and uh, the sooner you do it. The, uh, the better we can all sleep at night, regardless of the heat. Thank you all for coming in and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks Thank very you, much. Anya. Thanks very much.